Heavenly Father, send your Holy Spirit into this place that your word may not return void, but accomplish that for which it is purposed to do, for our good and your glory, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. It's hard to believe that the Jesus who rode into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday in great triumph is the same Jesus who less than a week later would be crucified on a cross. The great turning point from majesty to misery is a scene that we have before us this morning in our gospel reading where the crowd chooses Barabbas over Jesus. It was the custom of the Roman officials at the time of the Passover to release a Jewish prisoner to show some generosity uh, to the people of Israel who had been occupied by Rome for some time. And so with Jesus standing before the crowd with Pilate, Pilate seeking to release him, Pilate asked whom should he release. And this crowd... This same crowd who had sang, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the king of Israel, now yells, crucify him. Not one person in the crowd spoke up for Jesus. His disciples looking on only sat in stunned silence. But no one publicly, publicly chose Jesus over Barabbas. And still today, many choose Barabbas over Jesus. It seems providential that this year Palm Sunday would fall on April 1st, April Fool's Day. How could we be so foolish as to choose Barabbas over Jesus? Well, you know, Jesus was not the kind of king that they were looking for. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the people thought, well, this is it. Finally, liberation from the Romans, a Messiah who has come to deliver us from the tyranny of Rome. But it became clear that this was not the kind of king that Jesus was to be. And when they, when we find that Jesus is not the king that we want him to be, like them, we no longer feel that he is of any use to us. Because in reality, in our own lives, we all want to be our own kings. We want Jesus to do our bidding. We don't question his ability to do that which our heart desires. And we hope and pray that he will actually do it. But we like to call the shots. You know, Jesus was not caught up in events on this Palm Sunday. It wasn't as if he was making his way into Jerusalem and all of a sudden these crowds gathered and they began to praise him as king. And he thought, well, golly gee, okay. Jesus was in control. He has declared himself as king. And as he's coming into Jerusalem, he doesn't respond to the people He had just raised Lazarus from the dead and now even arranges his triumphant entry when he sends his disciples to get a donkey and its colt and tells them to tell the owner, the Lord has need of them. But this was not the kind of king that the people wanted. They wanted a king that they could control. 
I have a friend that I went to college with who, after graduating, moved to New York City. And he and I were in a small group Bible study all the way through college. And uh, he was the poster child for the perfect Christian. He was the guy that you wanted to be. And when he moved to New York City, he fell off the the bandwagon and uh, took up with his girlfriend. And they were living together. And I hadn't heard from him in a while, so I decided to call him. And and I said, look, I'm not really interested uh, necessarily uh, what everybody else is talking about. I only have one question for you. And that is, uh, what do you think of Jesus? And he said, you know, Andrew, what worked for me in college isn't really working for me in Manhattan. You see, my friend had a utilitarian view of Jesus. His relationship with the Lord was contingent on what worked best for him. So long as Jesus was able to hit home runs for him, he had no problem living under Jesus' kingship. But the moment that that ceased, the moment where he didn't feel like Jesus could do anything for him, he walked away. Jesus was to him the means to fulfill his own desires. And the people of Jerusalem that Palm Sunday, when they saw Jesus, thought, all would be well in the world, in my life, if only the Romans were gone. If only Israel was restored to its former glory and independence, then all would be well. How many of us think, if only Jesus would do this one thing in my life, then all would be well? What we think we need Jesus to do and what he really needs to do in our lives are often two different things. But Jesus does not come to us as our gifted spiritual intern who is ready to do our bidding. He is God in the flesh, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, and he cannot be contained or dictated to. When I was a little boy, one of my uncles raised rabbits. And, of course, he did a very good job of shielding from the rest of the cousins what exactly happened to these rabbits. Uh, But every once in a while, he would let us pet the rabbits. And it was on one of these occasions where my older cousin Kenny and I were petting the rabbits. And when he took them out of their cages, he gave me this very cute, cuddly, tiny bunny. To my older cousin Kenny, he gave the biggest rabbit that I'd ever seen in my life. And like any other boy, I looked at my little rabbit, and I looked at his giant rabbit, and I pitched a fit. I don't want this little rabbit. I want the big one. Well, after many tears, my cousin Kenny finally turned the big rabbit over to me, and it was only seconds before that rabbit began to kick, that rabbit began to scratch, that rabbit began to bite, and I wanted my little bunny back. You know, that's how we often treat God. Uh, We want God to be like our little bunny rabbit that we can hold in our hands and control and and dictate to. uh, But God cannot be contained. God's will cannot be thwarted. God's kingship cannot be undermined. He is beyond our control as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is a king that cannot be controlled or dictated to. But he is also a humble king. We read in the Liturgy of the Palms that our King comes to us humble. A humble King. We hear the centurion say, truly this man was the Son of God. How could the centurion say this? 
He is able to say this because he sees how Jesus dies. He hears Jesus from the cross say, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He has been betrayed, humiliated, scourged, spat upon, taunted, derided, and murdered. And his response is forgive them. His response is to love. When we deserved love the least, he gave it more than he ever has. When we deserved wrath and judgment, he shows us ultimate forgiveness. And all of this in the moment. This is not after he has had time to take inventory of what has happened. But at the very moment the people look up at him and wish him dead, he loves us. Even then, his property is to have mercy. This is no ordinary king. This is the king of kings who says to you this morning, I know you through and through. I know you want to be your own king. I know that you shout Hosanna one day, and then the next you shout crucify him. I know that your tendency is to choose Barabbas. I know what you are responsible for. I know what you have done. But it's much worse than you think. Because ultimately, we are responsible for his death. And he forgives even that. He not only forgives But he loves you and me. There is in fact nothing that you can do to separate yourself from his love. No sin that you could commit is beyond his forgiveness. No evil in your heart is so great that his blood cannot cover it. The very blood that you and I cry out for is the very blood that saves us. Jesus rides into Jerusalem this morning as a king. But not the king the world wants him to be. Not the king that you and I want him to be. But because he is a real king, he will not be dictated to. He will not be cajoled into doing anything that is against his will. He is a king like no other. He is the kind of king that we all need. A king that has the power to save us at a great cost. He is a king who is willing to sacrifice his life. So that his children might live. This week, above all weeks, it changes everything. It changes history. It changes you and me. And so as we embark on this most holy and important of weeks, let us sing, ride on. Ride on in majesty and lowly pomp, ride on to die. O Christ, thy triumphs now begin, or a captive death and conquered sin. Ride on.